Welcome to the Fabric Podcast. In this episode, Melissa Locke invites you to go beyond you alone and wonder at what amazing things you might be part of. Good morning, everyone. How are you? I bet someone's asked you that this morning. I bet you've asked yourself that question, you know, because we care, right? We care about each other's well-being. We care about our own well-being. It's kind of our main job, right? And that's what we're, we're talking about today. Let's be honest, there are some things that just don't seem so well going on, probably in your own life. You can, there's some aches, some pains, some struggles, some hard things going on. And certainly in the world, it's not hard to list things that seem a little bit unwell. Um, and so we're going to be honest about that and look at it and, and see where we might um, be able to go beyond that sense of powerlessness over that and um, despair and get beyond the idea that you alone has anything to do with healing. But I want to start by inviting all of you to do a thought experiment. So I'm going to give you three thoughts to try on about yourself. And as I say them, I just want you to practice it like saying it to yourself, okay? Um, you can even whisper it if that helps and just see how it feels. Just compare all three, see what you notice. So here's the first one. I am amazing. I am amazing. I am amazing. Just try that on, see how it feels. Kids, you can do that too. I am amazing. All right, number two thought. I'm not amazing. (laughs) Not amazing. Try that one on. I am not amazing. How does that feel? Does it ring true at all? Okay, number three. I am part of something amazing. I am part of something amazing. Try that on. You happy? Does that make you happy to think that? Me too. Yeah. What about others? What does that feel like? Well, actually, let me have you hold up a finger. There is I am amazing was one. I am not amazing was number two. I am part of something amazing was number three. So just in a second, I'm going to have you all hold up the the one that felt like the most easy to say to you, the one you kind of wanted to say. Hold up your fingers. I see a lot of threes. I see a one. Yeah. That's pretty consistent with what, when I talk to people, what I heard. Like, most people are like, oh, yeah, that third one, that seems the easiest. That's the one that was easiest for me to say. But really, they're all true. There's a little kernel of truth in all of them. I mean, yeah, you are amazing. You are. There are lots of things about you that are amazing and about your life. And you're not amazing. There are things that you're just not good at. And welcome to humanity, right? Um, Yeah, so what I want to ask you to do to help practice this for yourself, make this your own today, is just start a little laundry list. First column, I am amazing. So what would be a couple things you could put under there that you have to do and to share that that are amazing? Um, So just write a couple of things down. 
You're not going to have to share this with anyone else. You certainly can, but I'm not going to ask you to. So just be honest. You can just put initials or symbols or shortcuts or drawings. Don't make it fancy. Just sketches. You know, just get some stuff there. And number two, what about some things in that column? What are some things that aren't so amazing? Maybe things you just wish were a little different about you or your life, things that you need help with, things that just feel like they're maybe lacking a little bit. So get a couple things down. Get the wheels turning here. All right, good. So this is going to be the stuff that you kind of work with this morning, okay, um, as, we, as we go on here. Uh, we've been talking about going beyond. And this means like going beyond the stuff that we just sort of by default are used to doing or know to do and seeing like what are the new possibilities that can be that can be possible when we step into a new space, when we go beyond what we know, what we're used to. And this week, it's about going beyond this idea that, that your well-being is about you alone. Your well-being doesn't come from just you alone, and your well-being isn't for just you alone. It's kind of a duh. I mean, I don't think I'm t telling you anything new <laughs> this morning. I mean, we could dig across like all the disciplines that the professions that you're all involved with or the interests that you have, and probably those different disciplines all are coming to the same, you know, hypothesis and conclusion that people, it's all about relationships. I mean, the wisdom traditions around the world, and over time, they all talk about this interdependence, this connection, this oneness or integrity that we're all somehow a part of. So um, the United States has a person in charge of our health. Did you know that? Like in charge of looking at all of our well-being in this country. Like how is everybody doing? And uh, he's, that, that title is the Surgeon General. And you've probably heard me talk about Vivek Murthy. And Vivek is the current Surgeon General and was also um, had a stint with it in 2014. And, and since he started his work, he was wondering, you know, like, okay, what do I need to work on? What's going on in our country? How are we? And went around, and he um, has spent this decade, almost a decade now, naming one thing that he believes pervades and underlies all the major social, physical, and even existential ills that we're facing together. Does anybody know what it is? You've probably heard me talk about it. Just Loneliness, yep, loneliness. So we have a way of symbolizing that around here. That's this. <laughs> just the one, just you. This is the you alone. So Murthy points out that the feeling of loneliness is very helpful to us. Um, it's been something humans have depended on. It raises our stress hormones as it says, this isn't good. You're not supposed to be alone. You're a maid for community, right? You need to get back to the pack. It's like a symbol, like ask for help. You need, you need something here. The problem comes in um, when we feel that fearfulness, 
over too long of a time. And it sounds like right now, a lot of people are really feeling lonely and it's become a chronic condition. So that means our stress hormones are raised and our bodies are something in us saying, be afraid, right? This fear gets stoked and I think it has something to do with these columns we just rode in. Like, gosh, I better be amazing. If I don't have enough blank, if I'm not amazing enough or, you know, I, I might get left behind, I might get left out, I might not be okay. We're kind of, get, we get this message barrage that if we don't have it all, do it all, be it all, we got to keep trying. That's our goal. So we got to get beyond that. We've got to get beyond We've got to help other people get beyond this message. And I think step one of getting beyond this alone idea is to not let any of this stuff that you wrote down in column one or column two tell you that you're somehow apart from. You know, maybe you think, I am amazing. I don't need anybody. I don't need any help. In fact, people just need to do what I know is best because if everyone would just cooperate, things would be fine, right? Or you might say, I am not at all amazing. I'm pretty dang broken and I don't belong at all. Like, I think I'm not connected because I'm not worth belonging. People don't really want me or need me. Both of those things have the same illusion going on. They both are operating out of this idea that somehow they're apart from. And that really is an illusion that we need to let go of and get beyond. So, all right. I think there are some quite amazing people and not amazing people that are going to help us see this. Greg is one of them. Come on up, Greg. Thank you. Everyone else, you know who you are. Good morning, everybody. We are going to play a wonderful game called You Are Uniquely Shaped For... And it's a game about how we are better together. And I have invited my team, who is all here except for, coming down here is our Nirvana band member con contestant, Eloise Carlson. All right, let's hear this guy, Eloise. We got Chris Lillehi. We have another Chris, Chris Meyer. And we have Gavin McCormick. And we have Katherine Anderson. Now, I have assembled this star-studded crew for very particular reasons, because they have to figure out what they are uniquely shaped for. We have five skills, five tasks that need to be accomplished, and each of them has to do one and only one. The trick is, which one are they uniquely shaped for? So we have five contests, and they will be hearing them one at a time, just like you are, and they need to decide amongst themselves this one is for me, because if they do the wrong one, it doesn't look, doesn't look good. So, do you guys generally get the idea? For instance, so if the task was, I want someone to talk until everyone asleep, it falls asleep, right, you'd all say, Greg, this one's for you. All right, exactly, so that's the idea. Now, there may be things that you, like, well, I could do that, but I don't know that I'm really good at that. That probably is a sign that this one was for someone else. So you need to assess your own your own skills, your abilities, your experience, your shape, to figure out, 
I'm really good at this, or I'm not, and then ask other people, is this, do you feel like this is something for you to do? Okay? So are we ready? All right. So here is task number one. I need someone to lift a very heavy object. Who might this be? What do you think? Who here looks like they may be, <coughs> studio audience, who looks like they may be equipped, uniquely shaped for that? All right, it's, maybe, maybe. So, okay, so let's see if you can do it. Here is the very heavy object. Did I say one hand? One hand? One hand. Just my teeth? <laughs> Onto the stool. All right. He did it. The mystery remains, was it supposed to be you? But, okay. Strong like bull, smart like that. <laughs> Task number two. Solve a higher math question. Problem. Do you want to go for it? Here's the question. Yes. Okay. Tau equals pi times x. What okay. is x? x can, I, can I have to say thank you? <laughs> x is uh, tau over pi, and since tau is 2 pi, that means 2. Is she right? There we go. She's right. <laughs> All right. Okay, that is, we have two down, and... The next task is, I need someone to crawl through a very small hole. Who do you think that might be? Is it, do you, here's, here's the hole. Do you think you could try that, Gavin? He's going, whoop, whoop. Keep going. Yay, all right. Now, just to make sure he's the right person, and it wasn't you, did you want to try it? Okay, okay. All right, so, so far we are three down. Now, task number four, we're down to who's left? Eloise and Chris. I need someone to tell a studio audience a joke. What do you get when you cross an angry cow with a very sad sheep? Two animals in a bad mood. <laughs> I, I, I just knew I didn't have to worry about that one. Oh, what, what do you think? 
So there's one person left, and we'll find out whether this person feels uniquely shaped for this, and we got it right or not. Can you identify this bird? Everyone be quiet and listen. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you, too? That's a barred owl. All right, well, congratulations, you won. It's amazing when we get together and we all play the part that we can do best. Way to go, thank you, game show host with the most. Yeah, well that was a great picture of how this works. Great picture, so I mean, we all have a part to play, but we don't have every part right? You play a part, but you don't play every part. And really, you shouldn't try. Chris, you shouldn't try to crawl through that hole, right? Or tell a joke. <laughs> no. Um, so, but this is, you know, this is what we need to keep learning over and over again. In fact, it's not new news. Um, there were some lots of letters written to people trying to figure life out in the, in the Bible. And in um, two of the longest letters, there's this image that I think is a lot like the game show that we just watched. And I want to give you a glimpse. Um, and this is from one of the letters written by Paul. And here on the screen, you're going to see these words. And I think I'll just read them right off of there with you. Um, they give a great image. So try to picture this in your head, everybody. Kids, kids too, imagine this. So indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but many. Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. If the foot would say that, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, okay, can you picture that? If the whole body were an eye. Kids are making some creatures. Can, anyone, can you just like, if anyone has a creature they're working on that's amazing, hold it up. A donut. Has anyone made one with an eye on it? Oh, lots of them have eyes. So what if the whole body was just an eye? Then, as it says here, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? So we are part of an amazing creature, and it has all kinds of parts, just like the ones the kids are making. And we can see that this makes total sense, right? We need all those different parts to make it all work. And yet, when it comes to our lives, we think, oh, my part isn't that important, or it's not special, or my part is the most important, and everyone else should just be doing this, doing it my way. So that's where um, I think it's kind of cool to hear Paul, the writer of this, like a little bit bigger sense of his story. So just to give you a glimpse of who he was, the guy who wrote this, Paul um, would have had kind of a lot of things we could list in the not amazing column. He was kind of late to the Jesus party. Jesus had already died when he joined in. In fact, before that, he had been killing people who thought Jesus was up to something good. Like he was not in favor of what Jesus was talking about, the trouble he was causing. 
That was until Paul had his own encounter. Um, this mysterious kind of thing it happened to him on a road, and it changed everything for Paul. It changed how he saw himself and how he saw what he was part of. It says something like scales actually fell from his eyes. Like it totally changed how he saw everything. And I wonder if when we change our perspective, a simple shift, how it can change everything. So Paul, he was really changed by this and he couldn't stop talking about it. He wanted everyone to know what he had seen, even the truth about himself. So a bunch of times he's really honest about stuff like, I keep doing the things that I hate. I keep doing it over and over. Does that sound familiar to anyone in this room? You keep doing those things? You're like, what, this again? Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. Turner and I are the only ones. <laughs> Come on. Seriously? All right, thank you. Um, we do the things we don't want, right? And yet, Paul, and I think his story invites us to think the same way about this, he kind of didn't, he kind of stopped worrying about that. He had become part of something amazing. And that became what he couldn't stop doing. He couldn't stop thinking about it and talking about it and sharing it and expressing gratitude for being part of it, even though he was in prison, even though people were out to kill him, even though he still wasn't fixed. He was still kind of flawed. Imagine that. Paul was one of those heroes that the Bible seems to like to talk about. We talked about that dangerous book I don't have a copy up here with me, but you all know what they look like, those Bibles that have been around for so long. And how do we keep them dangerous? In the good way, one of them is to realize that the heroes the Bible likes to hold up are not superhuman heroes. They're normal human heroes, like you and I, like Paul. Um, we have flaws, and yet we're part of something amazing. And Paul called, called that the body, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. It sounds kind of weird now. But think about what, how, how would you describe that? How could we describe this embodiment of what Jesus and the story was trying to help us see? The embodiment of this integrity of the universe, of this connectedness, of this oneness of all diverse parts that are connected together. That's what Paul said, I'm a part of, you're a part of. Mary Oliver calls it the family of things in the poem called Wild Geese, which is in your homework as an assignment to read, listen to. But both, both Paul's story and his metaphor of the body um, and the game show and all this this morning, our songs, I think they're all pointing to something that to me might be one of the most important things that we can help each other remember. And that is this. There are no throwaway parts. There are no throwaway parts. So can you look back at your list on the top? Speaking of math, I think most, you know, a lot of people might say, if you want a formula for well-being, and you got these two lists in front of you, well, it's clear that your total well-being score would have to be column one, all the amazing things, all added up, minus column two, all the not amazing things, 
equals your total well-being. That seems like something the world might tell me. It kind of makes sense. But when you go to that number three idea, that I am part of something amazing, the math totally changes. So I want to share a poem about the math, the arithmetic of life woven deeply. And the poem is called Addition. And it's by Carrie Newcomer. My father taught me about numbers. How to carry forward what had grown too large for its column, add the five to the seven, carry forward the ten, leaving only the two. It's like that. Taking all you've come through. Combining everything gathered and lost. Add to the sum a little kindness for doing the best you could with what you knew at the time. Tally up all the fives and sevens, all the sixes and fours, all that came up odd or even. Then carry forward your expanded self, which has grown beyond the limits of the first container. Nothing is ever truly gone. It only changes places. Your well-being, your growth, your success as part of this, part of this body, part of this family of things, it doesn't require any subtraction. It all belongs, all the stuff, all the stuff you might want to get rid of, all the stuff you might want to forget, all the stuff you, about yourself, about the world that you want to shun. It all belongs. It might be transformed. You might, you might be able to let it go, but it's still a part of what you have to bring, right? All of it. The poet, Carrie Newcomer, was reflecting on this poem and was describing it as kind of like a potted plant. Like if you have ever had a, a house plant and it started to not look so great, and you realize, oh, I think the pot's too small, and it's got a bunch of roots in there, and they need more room. It's kind of like that. She says, we keep learning, my friends. We add this experience and then the next. And if we are willing, our hearts expand, our roots expand into the next growing edge. If we are willing. Whew, sometimes we're not willing. Sometimes we don't feel ready, right? The shock of moving out of that safe container that we're used to, that comfort zone we talked about last week. The plants feel it. Sometimes they, they're like pulled out of their, what they're used to, out there in nothing for a while until they find their settled place into a new, more roomy container, right? But that's scary. Change is hard. That's why I love these lines from the poem about kindness. It was add to the sum a little kindness for doing the best you could with what you knew at the time, with what you were ready for, what you were willing for then. Who I think we need to practice more kindness, people, to ourselves and to each other. So back to Dr. Murthy. He talks about the power of kindness. 
the healing power of kindness. So let's talk about those two words, healing and power or, or strength. Murthy says healing, as he talks about it and has found to be the most helpful, is to, to realize healing isn't about fixing. It's about remembering, reconnecting, making whole. I spelled the word remember weird on purpose on the Sunday paper. It's not only calling to mind, but we're doing something. We're putting something back together as we remember this. So healing is this remembering, putting back together all the needed and different parts into that one whole. And what gives Murthy hope, what helps him come alive, what he can't stop working on and talking about is that we all have the power and strength in us to be about that healing. You might not feel or appear super powerful or strong, the ways we might think it should look, those superhuman ways, never showing weakness. But like we all know deep down, Murthy says strength is not about that. Strength isn't about looking strong all the time and looking looking powerful. Strength, he says, is about the ability to give and receive love. That is the power. Murthy gives a prescription for healing all of these big ills that face us, personally, collectively. And the prescription is you. And you, 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 and me, and us together. And the amazing great news to me, and that Murthy repeats and keeps talking about, is we're already made for this. We're wired for what we need. We're wired for connection. And so it only takes a very little bit of kindness, a very little bit of investment in this human connection to actually start wheels turning and make big things happen. A little bit can go such a long way. So to close our time, I want to share Murthy's prescription. It's four things, and they're so simple. I am not saying they're easy, but they're simple. They're things we can all practice, and we can all practice together. So I'm calling it a prescription to remember today. So here's the first one. Spend 15 minutes a day connecting with somebody you care about. 15 minutes a day. So maybe there's someone that you don't see all the time, but you care about them. And a lot of times, boy, we forget there are more people than we think that care about us. So, wow, what could that do if more people got checked in with and reminded? Number two, give others your full attention when you are with them. That's novel. <laughs> Murthy talks about how our attention has this ability to stretch time. I mean, who doesn't want more time? But he pointed out that when people are really paid attention to for five minutes, they think it felt like 30. That's pretty cool. So give your full attention. Number three, find opportunities to serve others. Ooh, there's some magic in that one, too. It turns out when we're feeling like we don't have anything to give, that is a great moment to go find some way to help. It turns out that when we help each other, we not only forge a connection with someone else, 
but with ourselves because we remember, oh yeah, I'm a part of something. I have value. So find places to serve. It interrupts those spirals of fear that we can get into. And the last one, solitude. Solitude. To, to help with our loneliness because you see loneliness isn't really about being with a certain number of people all the time. It's about the quality of our connections. And we need solitude to connect with the most important person, ourselves. Because that is who is available to connect with, right? If I'm an empty shell and I try to have a relationship with you, it's a little hard if there's nothing in there. So we need solitude to invest and enjoy being ourselves and get to know who we are. So as Fabric, we talk about these three strands of God and ourselves and others. And when we say others, we, we don't just think of people. And I, I love trying these out with those others that, that Tim brought up earlier too, the swans and the cygnets and the water and the trees. What about those? What if we spend 15 minutes a day connecting with a part of nature we care about? What if we give it our full attention sometimes? What if we find opportunities to serve the water, to serve the trees, to serve the soil, the air? And what if we let it feed us in those moments of solitude? Yeah. These things, they're not that hard. Are they? Are these things we can do? We can try? Um, I want to just invite everyone to look around the room here. Just look around at the people. These beautiful faces. Look around at what the kids are making. Maybe look out the windows. I see the leaves blowing around out there. There's a breeze. That makes me think of the people I know that are out and about. The people on live stream, the podcast, the people we all love that aren't in this room, the people we don't know yet. And now I want you to join me in repeating. Just repeat after me to close out here, okay? I am part of something amazing. Something amazing. You are part of something amazing. You are part of something amazing. We are part of something amazing. We are part of something amazing. Let's say that one more time, but louder. We are part of something amazing. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for more connection in your life, stay up to date with what's going on with Fabric and find resources to help you in your conversations and reflection at fabricmpls.com or searching Fabric MPLS on social media. Let us know if there are conversations you're longing to start or resources you're longing for to help you live a life more deeply woven.